How many's heard the story behind that old hymn? It is well. There is a beautiful story behind it. It seems that a businessman and his wife and two daughters were going on vacation to Europe or somewhere. And he couldn't make it at the last minute and sent his family on ahead. There was some kind of accident at sea. And uh, his wife sent back the telegram, I alone am saved. And he, this is what he come up with to calm his heart, I guess. And I'm sure he didn't have to worry about where the girls went. But in terrible things happen in this world, and something good comes out of them sometimes. And I wonder just how many people have uh, worshipped by singing that song or enjoying it. It's, it's a wonderful old song. Amen. Let's uh, turn in our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 24. Part of the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, that is riches. can't serve God and riches. Therefore, I say to you not to worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body, the body more clo than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. <laughs> Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, and sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And <laughs> I managed to put a little King James in it just a little bit without even thinking about it. 
Now, people in this world, you, me, and just about everybody that I know of, try to exercise our own way of righteousness. We want to balance our account with God by doing more good things than evil things. And, and therefore we are balanced on God's scales of justice. When we do that, we'll be way heavy on the good side. And life and light on the evil side. Unfortunately, for all of us who've tried that, it doesn't work. One sin is, is enough to send us to hell. Just one. And I know this is not pretty, but it's necessary. <laughs> the Bible admonishes us to seek the righteousness of God and still sit of self-righteousness. We should seek to do his will and his way. First of all, people need to seek God's right, redemption. Point one. To seek the salvation of God. In John chapter 3, a Pharisee, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night. Jesus ignored the flattery that was aimed in his direction. He began to teach Nicodemus about the salvation of God. He shared that salvation was faith in himself, faith in Jesus, in Christ. In John chapter 3, 15 through 18, whoever believes in him, that is Jesus, should not perish but have ever eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him, Jesus, is not condemned, but he does not believe and is condemned already, because he has not believed in the, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now that's a mouthful of scripture, but a wonderful scripture in fact. Tells us exactly how we can be saved. This tells us that salvation by faith in Jesus Christ only. There is no other savior, no other way to be saved. No other name under heaven whereby we might be saved. When we're saved, we're saved from, from slavery to sin. We're given the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which guides us, leads us, and prays for us. You say we're saved from the consequences of sin, the second death, separation from God forever in the lake of fire. And being saved in Jesus means that it means that 
We believe that he died upon the cross in our, for our sin and in our place. We were on death row. This, and that's a, an apt description. Somebody on death row. And a lot of times nowadays it takes 30 years to execute someone. But we get around to it eventually, sometimes. But we are there, every single one of us. And Jesus stepped in there, set us free, and took our place. Amen. He shed his blood on the cross. A, a terrible thing. He was taken to the cross, beaten beforehand, made to carry the heavy cross, was nailed to it. He bled, suffered, and died for us. Amen. And in our place, that was our place on that cross. But he took our place. It means that Jesus and God as uh, is God and as such can forgive our sins. That means that Jesus can reconcile us to God. Faith in Jesus means we believe that he was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven that are in the seed for us who believe in him. Now, I've heard people say that that's too easy. All you have to do is believe. Well, Jesus made it easy. That's really all it takes. You really have to believe that he died in your place. That he took your place. But we have to believe that he ascended into heaven there to intercede for us who believe in him. Faith in Jesus means that we must call out to God in his name for salvation. We must also seek the spiritual leadership of God. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's a mouthful too. That's a wonderful mouthful. Why should we trust our, with our whole heart and not under our own understanding? Because our hearts and minds can be, be deceived as was Adam and Eve in the beginning. Our hearts and minds can be trained to believe evil. Look around us, folks. They're doing it every day. They're trying to make us believe that it's perfectly normal for a child to try to change gender before they're a teenager. Amen. It's a crazy thing. Amen. Read one time of a college professor that he taught some kind of anatomy class. And by that time, college age and probably going into the medical profession, these folks are not, they're not kids anymore. And at the beginning of his class year, he asked how many people were Christians. Several hands went up. And at the end of the year, he asked the same question and just, one. In that year, he had managed to move Christians off the, off of the dead center 
over to Satan's side, over to his side, I would say. So it's important for us to realize that we can be trained to do evil and, and believe evil, even though we don't think we can. We should filter everything we do, say, or learn through what we know about God and his word. If there's any doubt, go with God and not yourself or what others say. Next, we are to seek God's righteousness. The Bible plainly tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. That uh, is pretty descriptive when you get into it. It's basically saying it's a, so, it's, it's a clothing so, soiled by the body. That means that our attempt to deserve our salvation is futile, that we can never earn it, that we never own our own we can never on our own square our accounts with God. We need help. What we need is Jesus. The Bible tells us that when we place our faith in Jesus, God credits us with the righteousness of Christ. You know, that, you know that's wonderful. He transfers that righteousness to us looks upon us as if we'd never sinned, forgets our sins and throws them into a sea of forgetfulness. His righteousness is put down to our account. That means that God looks upon us if we had never sinned. Now, I know my sin. You know yours. And like one fellow said, I'm not sharing them with anybody but God. And he forgets them when I confess them. Our sin is removed from us and cast into a sea of forgetfulness. He remembers them no more, and we are righteous in his sight. Then we have God's righteousness. We need God's righteousness to guard our souls, to guide our, to guide our feet, and to guard, guide our paths. How many of you took a master life class? Thy word is a light unto my feet and a guide unto my path. I think I misquoted that, got it backwards, but that's from, from it's a little song, a little from Master Life. And another one is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Glory, hallelujah. We are to seek God's revelation. Point three, we need to learn to love and live God's word, the Bible. The word of the Bible is sure. It says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. Matthew 24, 35. 
Jesus was speaking of prophecy. He was saying that every word of prophecy would come true because it comes from God who knows and controls the future. Amen. I've always thought about that as uh, we look at a river of time and it comes by us and it curves it both ways. We can't see past and we can't see the future. But to God, that river is just a long path and silent, and he knows it all intimately. The word of the Bible is pure, has been tried and found to stand the test of time. Century upon century has come and gone, and it still stands. In it are the truths of God and of salvation. It is the pure word of God. Righteous, O Lord. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servants love it. It keeps us from looking, losing our way and becoming unstable as we, we make our way. Make our way through a dark world, I should say. The Bible is good to be studied and memorized. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. German pastor in World War II. A lot of German pastors that spoke up against Hitler were no longer in the pulpit the next week. They were carted off to a concentration camp somewhere. This particular one had remembered the Gospel of John. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have the mind to do that. I couldn't remember every word of the Gospel of John. It's, too, it's beyond me, but he did. Amen. And stuck in prison, they would not give him a Bible, but he had the Gospel of John right here. And how wonderful that was for him. And I'm for sure, probably sure that it was wonderful for those that probably heard him preach while he was there. So how do you get stuck in a place like that, a virtual hellhole, and not share the gospel with those around you? The Lord does some wonderful things in situations like that. How many of you remember Corey Ten Boom? How they smuggled the Bible in simply by praying as they went through a line where they had to change all their clothes. And they switch it from one to the other so the guards wouldn't see it. And they got a Bible in the place. Unfortunately, just one of them came out alive. Point four seek God's riches. We are to seek the peace of the, the peace of Christ as he promised. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives it do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What is this peace? It's peace of mind, peace in the heart. It's freedom from guilt, freedom from hostility and anxiety. It's a deep sense of personal well-being that comes from having Jesus in your heart. 
It comes by faith in Jesus Christ and being controlled by the Holy Spirit. One of the most wonderful, or maybe even the most wonderful time in my life when I was saved and received the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful, beautiful thing that was. And we all experienced that. And I was fortunate enough to be present when my sister gave her life to Christ as well. I only have one sister. She's 97 or, or 87 or 88 in much better physical shape than me. <laughs> she uh, doesn't do doctors very much, but she does a lot of homemade medicine. <laughs> Seems to work for her. I can't argue with it. It works. <laughs> it's not freedom from want or having great possessions. It's not freedom from pain, physical or mental. That is well-being, the peace in the heart. It's not peace with your fellow man, because sometimes they will war, make war against you. The one absolute necessity, necessity for peace of mind is righteousness with God. I wish I could stay, I'd stay there all the time. I, I'm one of those that wander in and out, and, and it's not right. I know it, but, and I know that I sin, and I do not forget to ask for forgiveness for it. And I don't think I am uh, unique. I think that's probably just about all of us. Amen. We are to seek great joy. Joy is the highest emotion of pleasure. Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus said it was one of the goals of his ministry. He said that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be, be full. John 15, 11. Joy is most certainly linked with the, go the gospel, being free from sin, recovery from lostness, and reconciliation with God. There's a lot of joy in that. While the Christian joy may be overshadowed by illness, circumstances, but never destroyed when we're close to God. When we walk with God, as Scripture says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There's even a song for that. Many of you have heard that. Don't remember who recorded it, but somebody did. In Jesus Christ, we have a dependable source of renewal. Paul wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. We are to seek great blessing. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says, The blessings of the Lord, it makes you rich, and he has no sorrow with it. Here, blessing is divine approval. And how do we get that approval? By faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things 
will be added unto you. In scripture we find this. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ. And shall reign with him a thousand years. What a promise. You know, it's amazing to me one of the things that when Jesus come, and he come to, to, to Israel, he should come to the Jewish people, the very people that he had given his word to, and they should have recognized him and did not. They rejected him. And then he turned the his attention to the Gentiles and lucky for us but I just wonder why the blinders why they couldn't see who he was the, they were, they're the very people that should have they had the Old Testament predictions everything and they took one look and turned the other way and not only that they crucified him Amen. lucky for us but there will come a time when he'll turn back to the, the Jewish people. And I don't think he's ever left them. He's kept them and preserved them all through history. And eventually they will become believers as well. And that's a wonderful thing as well. But in the meantime, we, we live in a different world in which I was born, in which I remember when I was a child. And I am saddened by the fact that this uh, COVID thing, we have a lot of people that are going to church regularly at Barton, where I was. And they were there regularly. They tithed. They worshiped with us. And after COVID, there were no more. And we never seen anything of them. And contacted, they didn't want to. They, they never came. Have one couple would, that I recalled, and I really thought that they would come back, never did. And you know, I guess you, if you get out of the practice of going to church, you can always find something else that's more interesting to you, if you let it. And I just pray that it doesn't happen here. I pray that God bless this little church, and I pray that He will. Uh, Cause, cause it to grow. And I think if uh, y'all will allow me, I will praise my membership here. And let us pray. Father, we just bow before you and we thank you for Jesus and we thank you for the salvation in him. We thank you, Lord, that he took our place on the cross. We were doomed. We had no hope or no help until Jesus came. Thank you, O Lord, for him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.